Hello, thanks for tuning in to episode six of the Wilkes-Barre Connect podcast, a series that brings you local entrepreneurs, young professionals, and students that are leaving their mark on Northeastern Pennsylvania. We are your hosts, Nick Nsinga and Mariah Curtis. Our guests for episode six are Gerard Derling, the founder of Cole Creative and Independent Wrestling TV, Catherine Bondi, president of the board at AAF, as well as graphic designer at Posture, and Wilkes University MBA candidate, Tim Ohms. The Wilkes-Barre Connect podcast is brought to you by Pepper Jam. Headquartered in downtown Wilkes-Barre, Pepper Jam is a performance marketing solutions provider redefining its category through innovative technology and service expertise. For more information, check them out at pepperjam.com. Joining us now is founder of Cole Creative and Independent Wrestling TV, Gerard Derling. So how did you come up with the idea of Cole Creative? Um, I, I was working at, mm, hold on, let me think here. Are we going back that far? It's pretty far. <laughs> <laughs> I was working for, um, a company called wirelessunits.com. They were in public square, uh, Lizard Bank building. And I just kind of like got back in the rhythm of making websites again. I had taught myself how to make websites when I was like 14 and I made a website for somebody when I was 15 and I got paid 300 bucks and like at 15 years old, that's, that's crazy lot, money, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I just had that skill that was sitting there that I ended up getting a couple jobs locally and wanted to do more with it because my portfolio was getting bigger because I was working for these jobs and they were giving me website work. So I decided to put it all together in a portfolio, but I didn't really want to work by myself. I just didn't really get into the whole work at work from home thing by yourself isolated i wanted to work with my friends and i had a lot of friends that did graphic design work web work development and i decided to instead of making a website called gerardderling.com um, i got their portfolios with my portfolio and merged them together and that's how cole creative happened or at least started uh, and the idea of the name was just because coal is pretty deep rooted in the northeastern Pennsylvania. I wanted to pay tribute to it in some capacity. And at the time, the word creative as part of a, an agency was pretty popular term to use in New York City and L.A. and whatnot. So I was just like, oh, well, I'll bring that atmosphere to what we're doing with coal creative in northeastern Pennsylvania. So that's that's how it started. All right. And now it's just like booming. Are you still pretty heavily involved with it or are you kind of... No, I am very grateful that I don't really have to do much there at all um, because uh, Holly Pilcavage is the director there and she does a phenomenal job with everything. Um, it's a dream come true to have her part of everything with us. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I'm very creative uh, in terms of I'll come up with an idea. That not not saying any of them are all good ideas or anything like that, but I'm nonstop with stuff that I'll, I'm very forgetful. You know, it took me a minute to remember how my company started. <laughs> so having somebody like Holly, who is the other side of the brain that is like, yep, I hear everything you're saying. I can organize this into something that makes sense and revisit it and tell you, like, here's the things you're responsible for is uh, she's the best at that. So and, you know, she's taken on this role uh, in that capacity phenomenally. And today's her birthday. I don't know when this goes out, though, but happy oh. birthday. Oh, happy birthday, Holly. <laughs> so before Cole Creative, you kind of were involved in a completely different professional atmosphere. You were an independent wrestler. Yes. How did that come to be? Um, I, I always liked wrestling when I was a kid. And I had a couple of friends that were 
attempting to get into wrestling like professionally like i realized that's jump start how do you how do you do that like how <laughs> is that even possible there's a couple different places locally that do professional wrestling they train people to be pro wrestlers a couple of my friends went and did it i was really interested in doing it and at the time i was like 15 16 and i was making websites so i made a wrestling website and then i was able to buy a digital camera with the money that i made from that website i got paid 300 bucks for and i went and i started to take photographs at wrestling shows for promoters that you know they couldn't afford to have somebody go take pictures so i would go take pictures with my friends who were on the show and i'd help them get more bookings because i was just reaching out to whoever i could to get my foot in the door then when i was 17 i found a school that was willing to train me at 17 and um Unfortunately, I broke my wrist the first day of training. It was oh my God. <laughs> within the first 20 minutes. And uh, I just held off on training until I was 18 again. And that's when I started wrestling, not just, you know, in this area, but I started uh, traveling more mm-hmm. throughout the U.S. and Canada. Uh, and by the time I was like 22, I was uh, I, I had worn a mask for a lot of my early start. And when I took the mask off, I had long hair uh adopted eyeliner for some reason <laughs> uh, and it took off you know right. like people love yeah. the eyeliner thing so MySpace, yeah. MySpace was a hell of a time so <laughs> <laughs> so um in 2016 you started independent wrestling tv um what type of services do you provide the primary source of revenue for the company is that it's a video subscription network Aside from that, we work with a few wrestling companies and we produce their shows live um, as they're happening. Uh, IWTV is, for the short form of it, um, is a video subscription service. So we're on Roku, Fire TV. We're about to be on iPhone and Android. Uh, We're a web-based app as well. You know, anything like you would see Netflix or Hulu on, we're trying to be on. So a lot of these companies all over the world that we work with we have wrestling groups that we work with in probably 10 countries right now. I literally just got shows today from a company in Japan that their show happened last week. They already edited it. They want to put it up on our platform because a lot of our subscribers are United States-based subscribers that their company would not necessarily normally be in front of uh, this type of audience. So putting their content on our network puts their content in front of our subscribers and helps them know more about a company they would have never heard of before and they might find talent that they want to see in the United States. So we do a lot of everything um, in terms of like what I do. I'm, I'm a producer at shows like every Wednesday. I'm in Massachusetts live producing a wrestling show that's two hours long. We try to keep it to a TV time limit. Um, I also am a promoter for shows, so I just ran a show this past weekend in Chicago. I was out there for the weekend, and, you know, we completely fund that show. I wouldn't say it necessarily was the best show, you know, in terms (laughs) of uh, the attendance, but that's because I'm not a day-to-day promoter. I'm just doing it as as we need it, and we do the marketing and whatnot, too. So um, I think what we're trying to create for wrestling companies, as far as a service, is we want to create what mtv was for music mm-hmm. uh but in form of wrestling so no one's really ever done something like that in the wrestling world uh, i want to basically take their full shows and turn them into our own television shows and like you know like things like ridiculousness or yeah. you know like the different types of network television that you see uh, we want to make that for wrestling 
And ultimately, I think that that fresh content, that fresh concept will help turn new wrestling fans on to what we're doing on a lower level that they might not necessarily take take a look at, usually because the production values are lower uh, in terms of what they are used to with like WWE on television. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So two years ago, you hosted Break the Barrier 2017, an independent wrestling event. What were your thoughts and emotions of putting together um, your very first live streaming event for Powerbomb TV? Uh, it was very stressful. Uh, I've never, at that point, I never ran a wrestling event before. Uh, there was a lot of hiccups along the way because there's a lot of international talent involved that like we had people coming from Japan flying in. And who's going to pick them up at the airport? Where are they going to stay? That happened, you know, with 10 different people, you know, so it's like, how do I convince somebody to leave their job early during the day to go f- drive out to New York City, pick up a performer? Uh, long story short, that it was incredibly stressful. The, on top of the fact that, like, our subscription platform wasn't ready the day of, like, oh, it God. was, um, our, our developer had to, our developers from Illinois and drove in for the event. And when he got here, his computer was broke because of the drive, I guess a bump had knocked stuff around, so he lost everything and when he went to try to fire up the live stream we couldn't get it going behind a paywall so we just gave it away for free because we were just like we want people to see this event right to help promote it but uh it it was it wasn't the right area to do an event like that you know uh wilkes-barre touts itself for being two hours from philly and two hours from new york city but that's a pretty far distance to travel from New York City and Philadelphia when you don't have a car. Right. And that's a majority of the people in those areas. So the idea in theory is cool, but True. not an execution. And if I had chose to do it over, I'd probably do it in a bigger city. But I'm also very grateful that I was able to do it in northeastern Pennsylvania because uh, it's something that I pride myself on as like kind of staying here and living here as long as I can because I think you could do anything you want from our community. You don't need to live in a bigger city to pull something off. But in that scenario, I probably would have done better. (laughs) uh, But it happened here, so that's cool. So for other entrepreneurs looking to start a business or side project, what advice can you give them that you wish you had been giving when you started your journey? I think that I was given pretty good advice when I started doing things Uh, but I think it also came from professional wrestling because I was told no a lot as a pro wrestler and I was told I wasn't good at something and they explained why and I had to get better at it and I think that stuff really did help me with transitioning into being like an entrepreneur where I knew I had to do everything I could to learn or to network get my foot in the door it wasn't it was all stuff I already felt like I knew before starting it Uh, I think that the one thing that I encounter a lot with new entrepreneurs when they want to talk to me about something is they didn't do really any research into the idea that they're exploring or like come up with new ways to like search for that specific topic. Um, Because sometimes your first idea isn't your best idea, obviously, and you need to kind of do your research and see if something like what you're trying to do already exists or how you can make it better. And I think sometimes we get excited about an idea and just want to do it. And Mm -hmm. I think that's a good thing. You should just want to do things. But 
look into it more too right know know all the ins and outs before you invest all that time and effort into starting it right because i've I've had it happen before where somebody came and approached me with an idea and i was like oh is this it and then i showed up on a a mobile app here's google search with six results that are just like what you're talking about (laughs) and they're like oh well yeah but it's different it's not Uh, it's the branding it's like yeah uh, but Uh. (laughs) sure it could be but it's there you know so Absolutely. Well, Gerard, thank you so much for stopping by and hanging out with us and sharing your journey. With us now is young professional Catherine Bondi. So Catherine, can you tell us a little bit about your um, creative career paths? Sure. Um, It's been quite the path, actually. (laughs) I actually, my first job out of school, I graduated from Marywood with BFA in design, and my first job was here in Wilkes-Barre. I worked at an ad outsourcing agency for newspapers. Um, It was uh, a very rigorous, uh, quick turnaround, and we kind of called it like the Burger King of design. Like, it really wasn't, um, (laughs) you didn't get a lot of time to, like, think and be creative, so to speak. Um, so that w- that lasted for about a little over a year. And then I, I found myself doing um, contract work for a startup in Scranton called NetDriven. Um, so then I, I kind of got more involved there, eventually moved there full time um, and ended up being their creative director of web. Um, so that's where I really got into like the website of things where I was like, wow, this is actually like more what I want to do. Like I didn't really do much web stuff in school. Okay. Um, I always pictured myself as a print designer and I was like, actually, this is this is the future and this is definitely what I want to do. And, and I got more into like UX design and all that kind of stuff. So um, learning kind of like the psychology behind like the choices we make with what we do on the web is, right. is like really interesting to me. Um, so I was there for a little bit and then I uh, moved on to posture, um, about three years ago and I love it there. Like we just do like pretty much anything and everything, full service marketing agency. We focus a lot on digital and interactive. Um, but I get to also do like a lot of the traditional creative too, like branding and, you know, print and, um, but a lot of the digital stuff that we're doing, like getting into like AR and VR and like really interactive things that are just like pushing the envelope for this region, which I think is really cool. Yeah. That stuff's really taking off. I know, um, other digital agencies are looking into that more because it's more interactive for like the client to like draw in more customers. So it's definitely like cutting edge stuff. Yeah, yeah. You, you want to do stuff that's going to get noticed. And, and unfortunately, a website isn't enough to get noticed anymore. That's so. right. Absolutely not. Um, so what was your inspiration to pursue careers in the creative fields? Um, I would definitely say my inspiration comes from my mom. Um, she was definitely a very creative person. And she um, was an art history major and, and had a lot of like studio art background as well. So we were always doing stuff as kids, just like, whether it was like, creating stuff out of garbage or like buying craft kits like just always finding ways to like reinvent and be creative with stuff um so i think that just at a very early age instilled an ability to me to just always want to make and always want to create like what can i do with this and what's the next level and how can i make it better um and so that just kind of carried with me through my life I oh my think. god it's like my childhood my mom always <laughs> had like the tote where here's the finger paints now to keep us all busy because there was like four of us growing up so she always yeah. would have us like keep us out of trouble and stuff like that so I can relate to that, to like helping spark <laughs> creativity. Um, here in northeastern Pennsylvania, there's plenty of places to um, find like inspiration. Is there any place specific that you go to to like help spark your um, creativity? 
Um, there's a couple places. Um, I think one of the ones that I really like now, I'm involved with um, this group called NEPA Design Collective. NEPA, I guess I have to say. It's <laughs> um, so NDC for short. But uh, it's a group that, that kind of formed in Scranton. And um, there's like kind of creatives from all walks of life. And we kind of get together. We have like, um, we'll do like design reviews. We're like, you bring something that you're working on. I think we called it like, show us what you got or show us what you got cooking. Um, and like bring a work in progress. That's not something that you're doing for work. And like have other people critique it. Because I think that's one of those important things as a creative to keep your side passions going and like to keep yourself accountable for them um to really have like a group of people you can share that with and like have like real feedback um uh, i think marywood has also been a good source of like kind of fueling my creativity the students there like i, I teach their adjunct and man those students like some of the stuff that they're cranking out i'm like yeah you're gonna be so good and you don't even know it <laughs> yeah like, if you're doing this stuff as a student and you keep that momentum going like so it's really cool to see like how they they take projects that I've seen multiple times now at this point and 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 turning it into something totally different and spinning it with their own their own creative flair and um, I think that's super inspiring to see what students are doing these days. That's cool. And exactly what class do you teach up there? Um, one of the main ones that I do is interactive design. So okay. uh, pretty much like my my current like position job, at yeah. Posture. <laughs> um, so I really love that class. I'm like guys, this is what I do every day, and I really that's want you to so be excited cool. about it. Um, and sometimes they're excited, sometimes they're not. Depends. Like some of them are like, no, I literally just want to do print design. Like, that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think one of the important things we go over in that class is how to, as a designer, interact with developers and UX designers or be a UX designer um, to really think like one because there, there's definitely like a, a merging that has to happen of personalities, especially in an agency environment. Um, so even as a creative, you know, you really have to have that logical mindset as well sometimes. And how can you communicate your creative vision to someone that is more on the logical side of things? Um, and how do you create a design system that communicates that to a group of people or a company that you're, you're working with as a client? Um, so I think that's like one of the main things that we focus on in that class is like design communication. That's right. amazing. You're so like you really are such an asset to these students because you're in the field already. So yeah, they're yeah, like no, literally like, getting this. Like oh my god, I'm useful. Opportunity. <laughs> yeah, that's really amazing. Have you ever like brought on students as interns too? Or oh, absolutely. Yeah, we have. Wow. Um, we actually have a. Uh, she's just graduated. Um, so she one of the students now is actually from. She, she graduated from Marywood, but she was in the TechBridge program. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, I've actually, actually had like students that I've taught after we've had them as interns. So I'm like, all right, I better see an improvement now. <laughs> um, but we do get a lot of students between like Marywood, the University of Scram. We've had some students from East Stroudsburg, okay. uh, Wilkes. Like, so we, we do get, you know, we get around, but yeah. um, a lot of them are Marywood. A lot of them. All right. <laughs> it's because you can recruit them right from the school. Yeah. Right? yeah. You know so what they're getting on their tests. if anyone listening to this in the Wilkes-Barre, you know, metro area <laughs> is looking for an internship, you know, come check Posture out. Cause I think a lot of people just don't know where we're in Scranton so absolutely so um last year you were highlighted um for the spotlight event here at the think center um <clears throat> and you expressed your excitement for the greater Wilkes-Barre Scranton area are there any programs or groups aside from the um the one that you just mentioned you would recommend to young professionals to spark this the same enthusiasm for our great communities um, another group that I'm involved in that I, I definitely mentioned at that event, I recall, is um, the American Advertising Federation. We have a Northeast Pennsylvania chapter. Um, and that's it kind of covers like a lot of different venues. Like there's definitely a creative side to it. And we have these advertising awards every year that are like a big deal. All the agencies get together, show their best creative work. And that's like totally a good way to like pump up the creative juices, like just seeing what other agencies are doing and what the kinds of clients they're working with. Um, 
And so that that's also kind of a good venue in terms of like, if, even if you're like marketing communications, like we have like copywriting and we'll do like how to market yourself seminars, like social media marketing. Um, we try and do like mentoring with students and, and kind of like, you know, talk to classes and things like that. Um, so in general, AAF, I think is also a good resource because we try and cover like the general Northeast region. We're not just Scranton based. Wow. Absolutely. Well, that is really awesome. Thank you so much for sharing everything today. And thanks for taking the time out to come hang out with us here. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thanks. All right. Looking for some entertainment this summer? Wilkesbury is launching free summer concerts at the River Commons in Wilkesbury. Live bands will be performing on July 12th, 19th, and the 26th. Music starts at 6 p.m. and there will be food trucks on site at 5 p.m. Don't miss out on Wilkesbury's free entertainment. For more information on who will be playing, check out visitluzernecounty.com. The Wilkes-Barre Connect podcast is brought to you by Pepper Jam. Headquartered in downtown Wilkes-Barre, Pepper Jam is a performance marketing solutions provider, redefining its category through innovative technology and service expertise. For more information, check them out at pepperjam.com. And now we have Wilkes University MBA candidate, Tim Ohms, joining us. Thank you for coming, Tim. Thank you for having me. So, Tim, tell us how your educational experience as an MBA candidate has changed from your experience as an undergraduate student. Well, as an undergraduate student, we had, you know, classes every day going on for weeks on end for 15. Um, With the MBA program, classes are more scattered out. So I have classes once a month on the weekends. So I have more free time to like do my own work on my own time and um, just staying organized and, you know, sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> we go so, again? <laughs> yeah. So the MBA program, I guess it is really catered to like the working professional. Is that kind of how they, yeah. they structure the program? Yes. Okay. Usually I have night classes once a week, which is different than you know, undergrad, and just being able to stay on top of everything while going to work and, you know, focusing on part-time jobs as well and everything else in life. It's just really about staying on top of things and staying organized, keeping up with the material at the time. So it's interesting. I like the change because it feels like I'm transitioning to the real world. Absolutely. So, I mean, because you do work and you're also an intern with um, the Wilkes-Barre Connect program with Joe Boylan. So could you tell us a little bit about that? So as an intern for Wilkes-Barre Connect, I do various tasks and duties throughout the weeks. Um, I do market research for local businesses that are going to be starting up, try and find in surrounding areas other businesses that offer the same services, see what they're doing, compare, see what they're doing right, see what they're doing wrong. Um, been setting up the Connect Conference that's going to be going on in November. And also working with two students from uh, the Startup Weekend who have who are students in our local colleges and they have ideas that they want to bring to life. So I'm just, you know, helping them with whatever they need and making that dream a possibility for them in the future. So your undergrad was in accounting, right? Yes. So like freshman year, Tim, like would you ever think of yourself being in this position that you are now, like especially studying accounting? I feel like it's kind of like the, you know, back office, you're kind of quiet. You know what I mean? Like the accountant. So now you're you're... like in front of like these business professionals Mm -hmm. helping them working. Yeah. So like the standard accountant you think of goes to school for four years, gets their 150 credits and then sits down for the CPA. And 
through college, I didn't see myself doing that because I don't know if I could take the exam one and pass it. <laughs> but also, like, the part-time job I'm in, I'm like, I work at a local beer distributor. And I like to see how, like, businesses actually work. So being, like, hands-on material is something that I like more than sitting in the back office. Not, you know, really engaging in the material, but just working on what's there afterwards. So so your current internship with uh, Joe and Connect is more up the alley of what you're looking to go do. Exactly. I like the more hands-on connecting with people, getting to know them, helping in any way I could. And it's just a fulfilling feeling, I guess. What value would you say students can get after attending various um, Wilkes-Barre Connect programs? The Connect programs that we have, like the Spotlights, Pitch, um, they're good good way for students to get their name out there, meet some pro business professionals from our local area that they, you know, probably haven't heard of while being local students. So, you know, keeping the students in the area, getting them to meet the local, you know, entrepreneurs, see that this area is actually surprisingly booming, even though it seems dead with, like, the social aspects of it. Um just getting your name out there. I didn't do that when I was in college. So getting out, meeting people, connecting with them on LinkedIn, just saying hello, get to know people. It's really helpful for, you know, undergrads as they're preparing to step on. How have you changed as a person from your freshman year of college to now? I would say freshman year, Tim was more timid. Didn't want to put his name out there, talk to people. Was always afraid of what people thought. But now... I'm changed. I have, you know, said my name and shook more hands than I have done in quite some time. So just being more active and more, you know, energetic when meeting people, smiling, going to events, just, you know, building the resume too. That's big, big, something I wasn't focused on. And right. So students should just be more involved and take advantage of all the opportunities for the programs out there. Yes, exactly. Get out there, put your name out there, you know. Request people on LinkedIn and break those bubbles, you know, break those shells. All right. Well, thanks again, Tim, for stopping by the Think Center. We appreciate you sharing your insight with us. Thank you for having me, guys. This thanks, was a lot of fun. Tim. Well, that does it for episode six of the Wilkesbury Connect podcast. We want to thank Gerard Durling, Catherine Bondi, and Tim Ohms again for stopping by the Think Center and sharing their stories with us. We'd also like to thank our sponsor, Pepper Jam, for allowing us to share with you this podcast. Make sure you tune in again for Episode 7. We're your hosts, Nick and Singa. And Mariah Curtis. And, and thanks, thanks for, for listening, listening to, to the Wilkes-Barre Connect, Connect Podcast. podcast.